I only do that on certain occasions, and this isn't one of them. I, I only want to get the audience in the mood to experience this story about the origins of video games. And to do that, you want me to scream? Yeah, we'll get them in the mood. Well, if you'd rather have them in the mood than me... Okay, hey everybody, you're on your own. From Hollywood, it's out of my mind. I'm Jay Douglas, your fearless purveyor of little-known stories about well-known stuff, and in episode 53. It took the geniuses in Silicon Valley 25 years to figure out what William Castle realized in the late 1950s. And although Atari's Pong is often considered the granddaddy of interactive video games, William Castle's films were interacting with audiences much before that, and much to their surprise and shock. After catching the eye of Harry Cohn at Columbia, William Castle quickly climbed the Hollywood ladder. By the age of 29, Castle was directing those great B-films that made the A-list features seem so darn good. It took another decade, but Castle eventually turned to producing and directing... <laughs> good, good grief. There's blood on the other microphone. Has anybody got a, got a throat lozenge for that person? Uh, where was I? Oh, yes, yes. Castle turned to producing and directing these cheesy horror films. And, but, but when he did... <laughs> oh, boy. He, he liked, he, Castle worked with low budgets, and, and, he, and he quickly figured out that almost any chainsaw-wielding villain or some tinfoil robot cardboard alien screaming thing could drive audiences uh, crazy. But as he wrote in his autobiography... I want to scare the pants off America, he said, and only I, I want louder screams, more horror, more excitement. And uh, with the low budgets, he wouldn't find that on the screen, but he would out there. He'd find it in the audience. Castle embarked on a campaign of gimmicks, each one more unbelievable than the last to sell his films. Hollywood wound up calling him the abominable showman. But what his gimmicks had in common was that they, like the modern video games they presaged, they made the audience a part of the action. And perhaps his most famous, and I think genuinely unique gimmick, was his work with The Tingler. It was a 1959 film that starred the ever-popular Vincent Price. And he shared billing with a lobster-like parasite that crawled into your spine and killed you. Your only defense? The Tingler didn't like it when you screamed. Apparently... Parasites can be very, very fussy that way. About halfway through the film, Price informs the audience that the tingler is loose in the theater, and he urges people to scream, especially if they feel it crawling up their spines. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, what a sense of humor Price had, right? Until you felt it for yourself. Today, video games include all sorts of pricey accessories, like this special glove I have here. To make you feel the action, it's, it's what game designers call tactile feedback. But uh, these gloves didn't exist in the 1960s, and, and even if they did, Castle uh, wouldn't have paid for them anyway. He was a man on a very low budget. So for the Tingler, what he did was he, he got some cheap surplus de-icers and connected them to random seats. Now, there are reports that Castle actually wired the seats to deliver mild electric shocks, uh, but, but I doubt it. He was, a, he was a businessman, and aside from the technical problems involved, I think he knew electrocuting patrons was bad for business. But these de-icers vibrated the seats and, and gave you this tingling feeling. Now, I can do all sorts of things with the words feel in movies, but let's leave it at this. The tingler probably marked the first time in the history of the modern cinema 
that mass market audiences were able to feel a movie they were watching. And I say probably only because my lawyer insists on it in, uh, in this letter. I think the stationery alone costs $600 an hour. But personally, I think I'm on safe ground. Castle had a string of other firsts that involved the audience in his films, and in The House on Haunted Hill, he invited the audience participation with a skeleton that flew toward the audience and kept right on going out of the screen and over their heads. This was no 3D effect. Castle used a genuine cheap plastic skeleton on a wire that ran from the screen to the back of the theater. And how did the audience get into the act? You know, it turns out that unlike 3D, real skeletons are vulnerable to flying milk duds and other objects that were easily obtained at the concession stand. In Homicidal, Castle offered patrons their money back if the film was too frightening. Now, to get a refund, you had to parade along a yellow line to the coward's corner, where you received your money to the delight of theatergoers who were encouraged to shout greetings of encouragement to the weenies. Coward! 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 They were weenies, but at least they were in show business. Castle made his mark in Hollywood in other ways. He produced Rosemary's Baby, believe it or not. But it's in modern video games where you can see Castle's hand at work. One can only imagine what those games would be like if Castle were producing them today. Although, I'd play them standing up and away from any electrical outlets. And I wouldn't rule out wearing a, a Kevlar vest. And that's the story I call The Shocking Truth About Video Games. My thanks to my wife for, uh, uh, let's just leave it there. And I'll leave you with, uh, with this shocking thought. I'll be back next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern with another little-known story about well-known stuff, and we'll chat then. I'm Jay Douglas. Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a copyrighted feature of the Theater of Your Mind Incorporated, Hollywood, California.